0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing today? And I am Gerald Bailey, as you know, and this is the drop-in. We bring you the most amazing people on the planet that come into our Better Rate Mortgage studios, and it always blows me away. It blows me away when I send an email, make a phone call, and they're like, yeah, Gerald, I'll come on the show, and today is no different. Caitlin and I met, I don't know, a few years ago, and when I messaged her, she's like, yeah, I'll come on the show, and I'm like, what? because i think she is just an amazing human being so to take an hour out of your day to come and spend time with us is it, it's an honor so i want to thank you once again I know I thanked you like 47 times already
1: well thank you for having me I'm so excited since i was on last years ago and since we've run into each other years ago I've missed you ah well we don't you. get to
0: see each other in the in the hallways of the old studio and stuff like that and at I least know. we can see each other every day few months or something
1: right and, and you just an <laughs> awesome job at everything that you do well I was listening to some of your podcasts in the last couple of days and did you know that your voice is like it has this timber that is uh like like when you hit the gong before you meditate it's like oh. there's kind of this vibrance and energy to it that's like uplifting and I don't know if you control that or you are even aware of that
0: Nope. I've never heard that before. So. It's so cool. Well, As someone who
1: listens to like a lot of voices. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you it's very so cool. much. Thank you very much for the compliment. And, and you guys are in for a treat. You guys are in for a treat. I appreciate you guys. You know, we can't get time back. You're giving, you're donating your time to me to bring you some of the most entertaining content I possibly can with, again, I always say it because the guests are the greatest. So thank you guys Thank you for spending time here with myself and Caitlin. And we'll get, you know, uh, we're not going to get right into the story yet because cause I want to ask you, what if, what's what been going on? You've been traveling? You've been dealing with weather? What you've been doing?
1: Dude, I try to travel all the time. Any chance I get, I was in Washington, D.C. the last couple days, kind of repeating a trip that I did last year to Virginia and, you know, hit the museums and learned a bunch of history. Cool. Become a history, but like... If, like everyone over pandemic picked up some kind of hobby yeah i got fascinated in history it was just a thing
0: yeah i i think that is super cool especially if you're traveling for other reasons and you make it a point you know i'm going to take a, a little time to see about this city or about this town or how old they are it's really cool
1: yeah i know yeah i never thought i'd go to a battlefield and be like this is sweet because <laughs> I go with my dad, right? And he's like, we're going to go to some dead president's houses. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was super cool. I was like, no, I'm a nerd. So, yeah. Well,
0: and here in, in the metro Detroit area where we are, we have the Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my brother was in town a few months ago, and he's from Maine. And they had never been there, him and his wife. And I said, well, let's take the afternoon and go to the Henry Ford. And they were just so intrigued by yeah. it. We take it for, I mean, I take it for granted a little bit that we have that Me here. Mm-hmm. But the, the history of Edison and, and everything he did and the trains and the cars and the president's limos, like we have that in our backyard.
1: Yeah, I feel like you can't help but to get sucked into it once you, once you start. Yeah. It gets more fascinating as you go
0: yeah definitely definitely well now we'll get into it you know we always start at the beginning and i want to
1: uh
0: ask how how are you in school because uh for me school is very different from where i ended up and i was this quiet punk rock kid in the corner shaved head don't talk to gerald he's just weird art kid and I, i ended up with a bunch of friends by the end but it's it's not not exactly who i am today how are you in school are you always into acting and doing those kinds of things
1: i think i was kind of a weirdo because i was never girly and that was the expectation for a girl mm. especially at the time and i refused to wear a dress i would wear boys clothes and played street hockey after school and so i did nothing girly whatsoever so i always fought against the norm in that way my entire life um, but I got to be probably like a teacher's pet in middle school, and that's where I peaked. You know, the teachers <laughs> liked me, old people liked me. I played all the sports. I was like an all-star person, and it was all downhill from there. So, like seventh, eighth grade, that was my time.
0: All downhill from yeah, there. I highly doubt it. Now, from a, a scholastic level, was were uh, getting passing grades challenging? Did that come easy to you? Did you have to try hard just to get by?
1: It always came kind of easy for me, yeah. And in in high school, I would say, I had a limit. If, like, math was super hard. I tried super hard, and then I saw diminishing returns, and I was like, nope, I'm not going to try any harder at that. And then but I, wasn't, I wasn't super good. I got in all the AP classes, but then I would fail the AP tests.
0: But then I got an
1: academic scholarship, but to a party school.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: so... <laughs> <laughs> like that level. aren't they all party
0: schools <laughs> sort of
1: uh, public school western michigan university so like
0: that's a pretty party that's school, a pretty party school yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah western i spent a lot of time in kalamazoo and i know quite a few uh folks who have went to western so yeah they're
1: fun there aren't they yeah People are pretty fun. they
0: have one of the oldest uh skateboard parks this side of the mississippi in kalamazoo michigan oh, i didn't and know that it's still open today uh there was a little bar called peppers way back And it was right next door to that. And Bill Ferguson, who is an amazing human, he won't come on the show. Said he'll get too emotional. He's like, I'll get too emotional, Gerald. I can't come on the show. You're like Oprah. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) But, um, uh, yeah, it's been there since the early to mid-80s and still kicking today. And so um, it's a great town, though. Downtown Kalamazoo is just cool. Um, And then the school, Western. I mean, uh, that's it
1: school did you ever go to the firehouse bar no no what happened to it
0: i i'm gonna it burned down it did
1: it burned down <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm like oh i'll take it um so but in high school were you in drama club were you in those kinds of things did you know you wanted to be uh, an actor
1: when i was 11 i knew i wanted to be an actor uh, in high school, I did improv, I did a little bit of the drama club, I did spoken word poetry, but I made them rhymey and fun. They weren't, like, gloomy and emo. Mm-hmm. I was just, like, determined to be upbeat about it, if people liked it, so I kind of won all of the competitions. Cool. And then I got emo later. Now I have part of my soul is emo, but it's, I'm good with that.
0: There's nothing, There's nothing. I mean, emo... Uh, you know, I don't know. I think there's pros and cons to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody should have a, a comfortable, natural level of emo within them. Mm-hmm. But not like to the point where, you know, that's all you do in the corner of your right. bedroom. Right.
1: Not to the point where like your hair covers your eyes. Right. It's right. not practical. <laughs> it isn't
0: <laughs> practical. <laughs> it isn't practical. It isn't practical. Write that down. Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, you know you're you're doing improv and all that kind of thing early on is there anything that has stood out for you from that early like you know the memorable experiences for me uh, at that time I was an active hockey player and I remember there one game will always stand out more than any other game in my life and it wasn't even a super important game but the whole crowd hated me
1: uh, through the goalie I,
0: yep I ended up getting in a fight and beating up. i never got a in a fight goalie, before goalie, yep goalie i ended up getting in a fight beat up a guy people spitting on me in in me threatening the other goalie that if we lose i was going to beat him up too and i wasn't a fighter and yeah. and it was just this one game will always stand out forever not the biggest game we didn't win the biggest championship but it always stood out
1: Did you win the fight though
0: yeah, because yeah. his girlfriend was yelling at me, and I'm like, I'm five foot six, and he's Very, like six foot tall. What are you talking? About? I jumped up and bit him, bit him on the ankle. Like that's <laughs> that's what I did. Mm-hmm. But um, that game stands out. Is there anything from your early performing career that stands stands out?
1: I did an improv show when I was like twelve, and all of the other little twelve year olds. This is the final assembly with all the parents watching, and. We had, it, was, it felt like a thousand people. There's no mm-hmm. way it could have been, but in my memory, it was a thousand people. All the other little 12 year olds wouldn't participate. Like they had me lead the, the bit as a dentist and I'm like, let's get the next person in the chair. And they just sat there and just froze. Really? Yeah. And then the, the teacher comes up to save me and he just starts walking across the stage in a weird way. And I was like, oh, don't worry about him. He had a reaction to the toothpaste. And all of the parents, they were roaring laughing. It's not that funny, but they were dying. And I was like, all right. I saved myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really congratulatory. I was more relieved. Right. That they're like, oh, man, I came up with something. Thank God. Because <laughs> they weren't about to help me.
0: Now, improv has got to be challenging, though. You yeah. know? It oh, has yeah. to be very challenging.
1: It's just scary because you don't know if you're going to come up with something. But really, your brain never stops going. So right. if you can... Chill just enough to let the thoughts bubble up from inside, wherever they want to come from. There's something there. It's always something there. And then it's just about refining it and uh, not making a horrible choice. (laughs) Not derailing yourself into nonsense land, which my brain likes to go into nonsense land. That's why I write my sketches so I can tame that a bit. Oh well, yeah, improv is hard. Uh, do you improv? You ever improv? No,
0: no. Would
1: you? You seem like you would. You're I, daring. You would do anything.
0: I would probably try it. Yeah. Cuz I I will try You'd most anything once. I've never I've never done karaoke either. I I sent a meme yesterday to a friend of mine about karaoke and they're like, "You do karaoke?" I'm like, "I've never done karaoke. Never." I I am I'm a drummer for a reason. I don't sing. That's why I'm a drummer. Um But, but you
1: got a little bit of emo in you that wants to just rah, I mic, have right? sang before, <laughs> but
0: it's just it's not where I want to be, you know. I don't think it's the be- right. best, and highest use of my time. And so, For sure. And so, but just to
1: say that you've done it one time. When you do it, we might have to let try me know how sometime. it went. I've done it once. Yeah. I do All the things once. Uh,
0: but you, you have a. Uh, what you just said is a perfect segue because you and I met a handful of years ago, and I've been paying attention to what you've been doing since, and in, in your YouTube stuff is awesome like you play all these different characters i like the one plumber one um that was funny that was (laughs) funny and then yesterday or earlier today i was watching you uh do this skit about traffic and it it was just uh, do you how do you come up with these ideas do you write them all yourself is ever is it all you is what i'm asking is that completely you
1: yeah Yeah, it is. (laughs) That is
0: so... I mean, you guys, we're going to go over her YouTube URL many times throughout this show. But when you watch that, I'm like, does she have a writer? Like, is somebody picking her brain? Because there's costumes. There's comedy. It's super good. And that's why I had to ask.
1: Well, when I went to school at Western, I actually went for film. And then as I was acting and auditioning all the time, I was like, this sucks. (laughs) It's just... Audition after audition, not booking most things, and commercial auditions. Like, get this toothpaste. Something dumb, right? It wasn't creative at all. And uh, I was already I was a professional actor, so I didn't want to go do YouTube for, you know, performing for free and, and giving it all away and, like, doing what other YouTubers would do when I'm professional. But eventually I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Because mm-hmm. I need to use my creativity and exercise. What I can do, use what I have to do what I can to do more for myself than just commercial auditions all the time. And, and that community desperation, right?
0: I don't know about that. I think it's showing off how talented you really are versus act of desperation, but we can,
1: we can, well, just to get out of your creative rut and just kind of start expressing yourself. Yeah. Like, I think that's like when you've kind of hit that point where you're like, I need to do something for myself. I'm desperate to like use some of my voice. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know as it takes getting to that point maybe yeah yeah
0: i guess you know i i think we for me it was in in situation like that it's almost getting over my ego like i'm cooler than that for me um it depending on what it was if it was skateboarding or or, or speaking or whatever like i'll take almost any speaking gig if, the, if i can inspire people i don't care who it is now you know it's like no there ain't gonna be a thousand people in an auditorium I don't do that. Not that I ever did that. But uh, it's it's also just, you know, we want to inspire people. You want yeah. to entertain people. However that happens. However mm-hmm. that happens. If it's through YouTube, it's if it's through commercials, if it's on, on the big screen, whatever that is. And speaking of commercials, I have no idea. I'm sure many of our viewers have no idea. What is an audition like? What is, an uh, if you have to show up to audition for a commercial, what is that like?
1: In the before times, you would get the little script. You would go to an office with a bunch of people sitting in the room. And you'd walk in and say, hi, I'm Caitlin. And then they'd be like, go ahead when you're ready. And then you just like read the thing. Um, you don't have the paper though. You have it like hopefully memorized and you don't freeze. And then they're like, thank you and you peace out, and you leave, and you never hear anything ever again. Now it's similar, except you just send the video of that. You're not in the room together uh, because self-tapes are prevalent now. We're in the post-COVID.
0: Now, is that nerve-wracking as hell, or uh, uh, do you get comfortable with it? It seems very nerve-wracking for me. Like, I think I'd be be a little bit – I mean, I'm sure you get used to it, but –
1: It is. It takes probably some years of getting used to. I mean, I think – even if I don't think I'm nervous, there's like your heart's kind of beating and you're like, God, my hands are sweaty. So like you are nervous even if you don't, if you don't think about it. And then maybe after years and years you see the same people and it becomes a bit routine, you can get over your nerves a little bit.
0: But it now, takes so long. Do you have a tell? And what I mean by that is when I get nervous, no matter what I've been doing, if it was, like I said, goaltending, if I was gonna play drums on stage, if I have to walk, I get tired. I immediately start yawning, and I get super tired. And like wow. that's like my go-to. And that's I read years ago in Modern Drummer magazine, David Grohl has the same one from the Foo Fighters.
1: Whoa. Every
0: show, it almost looks like he can fall asleep right before. So is he...
1: that your body trying to relax you? Do you think?
0: <laughs> I have no idea. You have no
1: theories. I, I, <laughs> I haven't done
0: a bunch of research. I'm just like, well, I guess Dave Grohl does it. I'm okay then, you know. Yeah, right? But that's a weird um, it still happens. If if I'm gonna play drums, I played in a band for a while And before every show. Yeah. Everybody'd be all fired up and doing things and I'd be like, No, I'm ready. I, I'm <laughs> ready. I'm ready. I, I am ready. And and I anyway, do you have anything like that?
1: Um, I think it gets in my voice. If I'm nervous, then my voice gets more tense and harder to control and it gets up in my throat and yeah.
0: Still get nervous at auditions?
1: Um Sometimes. I think if it were, like, a, a big person that I might be intimidated by, sure. Yeah, but I, you don't always know. Because sometimes you're like, I'm unusually chill, and I don't really care. I don't care about sedition. I don't care about anything. I'm, I'm fine today. And then sometimes you can be like, all right, I'm feeling this. It's cool. But, but I guess with more experience, you can just turn it into, like, excitement. You mm-hmm. can be amped or hype instead. And there's, a, like, a, no, a new level of letting go that you have where you have a little more faith in yourself. You no, know, like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but I know I'm going to get myself out of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you ever have that, like skateboarding? Uh, yeah.
0: You get yeah. to a point where you're like, I can try that because I know I'll get out of it. You know, I, I have a little bit more, uh, I, con- I don't know if it's confidence, but I'm willing to take that risk because yeah. I'm comfortable that I know that I can handle any situation that happens regardless of what it is, if it's, landing a trick if it's whatever it is um, I found myself I met uh, a mentor this last weekend and I found myself very nervous and very childish not not childish but very Latin maybe I didn't um, show confidence that first day when I met him and and then that night I did a little meditation I'm like dude Why In the next two days, I was fine, but that beginning, I I get in little kid mode a lot. Like, I'll I'll screenshot when people like some of my stuff and put it in a file, and I'm still a child. I'm like 14 still.
1: Oh, we all are.
0: But in public, like, I'm meeting this guy, and, and technically, I'm on a similar level with him. I... I don't know. He probably got a grin out of it because he's like, You are a child girl. <laughs> you are. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I thought
1: it was super endearing and adorable.
0: Yeah. The next couple of days, I had to be like, Dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. But um, I think uh, as you do more, that's what I was wondering. Like, the more you do, the more comfortable you get. Or are you nervous every time? Like I suggest, like I said, I, I still am nervous every single time. I don't try to fight it I don't try Every to get away what, from it though? regardless whenever I'm performing okay. I, I get nervous before this show yeah and then when I walk out I'm on cloud nine it's gonna take me till one in the morning to, to, to calm sleep. down because <laughs> yeah. I love I love doing the show I love bringing yeah. the content to you guys mm-hmm. um and well, so you I want
1: some of that it gives it some edge right the minute you walk in and you're like super relaxed it's like there's no stakes so it's almost like for the audience too they kind of like feeling like things are a little on edge
0: yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We're, mo- we're, we're working down the list we're for you guys. It, it, it's, it, it flows fairly naturally. Caitlin Burt, you know, you got to just Google her. Look it up. Her website's super informative. We're going to talk about some of that stuff. The YouTube channel, you better like and subscribe that by the end of the show, if not as soon as we get done with this show because I guarantee you you will be entertained, intrigued, and feel like you know her as a friend because you watched her here on the yeah. drop-in. So I want to thank you guys thank very you much. Thank friends. you again. <laughs> uh, the next one, I do you have a go-to character? Do you have a character you, you totally love and that's that's what you end up going to?
1: I try to make it a conversation with me and the audience. So as I pitch people characters and as I do things, I latch on to what they seem to like. So... My Russian spy character—I've like let take me places, like literally going all around the country and do some silly Russian spy stuff. She's actually an Uber driver. Hmm. I'm Dobchela Nonchoyik. I'm Uber drive, but I used to be a Russian spy.
0: Ah.
1: You better keep my five star rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Horrible accent, but I did take Russian in college. <laughs> and uh, so it should be better than it is, but it's not. And that's part of the comedy, I feel. That <laughs> but I do I, I do George W. Bush. Like, I like to do stuff that people aren't going to expect me to do. And I that would... one is added funny for me because it's not even relevant. Like, no one's doing that. It used to be, like, everyone would do <laughs> the W, right? And, uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm bringing it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a favorite... Like I, as soon as you say George W. Bush, I go to Dana Carvey. Exactly. I love That's what Dana Carvey. Me to do it. Really?
1: Yeah, it stuck in my head so many years that eventually I was like, hey, folks around here call me W, and I just like <laughs> come up with all these jokes. And I have these little like silver cap guns that I would like spin on them and be like, kapak
0: kapak. I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. You can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dana Carvey chain to get them. You might have to dress up and be a guest. You might have to be, come, come on as George W. Bush.
1: Oh, my God. I got the wig, everything.
0: I think that would be <laughs> awesome. Especially, I just heard he, there, was there an assassination attempt on his life foiled? Oh, really? This week.
1: Well, I didn't know.
0: I I heard it in passing. I didn't do the research. Don't quote me on it, but you can look it up. I, uh, I heard it in passing. Somebody said there was an assassination attempt on W.'s life. But why? Right. Right,
1: like he's just chilling now.
0: Yeah, like does I'm sure he has influence in certain things in Texas, maybe, Mm -hmm. but on a national level, I don't think he really, you know, continued down that road to have influence, huge global influence. So I have no clue. When they were like George W. Bush, I had the same reaction as you. Why?
1: Why? Yeah. It's, it's just funny to me to do stuff that's irrelevant. I do a lot of evergreen content, so, like, I don't always do. I have a Biden, too, but, like, uh, stuff that's not necessarily in the news right now. Like, I have a sketch about uh, guys on a submarine, and they're arguing about, like, making submarine sandwiches or something. Like, it's punny, but, like, submarine? Right. But it's also, like, any it's relevant anytime, as irrelevant as it always is.
0: Well, and I think that's very important because if it's very uh, uh, targeted towards one particular event at one particular time, well, in six months, it might be gone. Yeah. But when, like you just said, you know, it's relevant at any time. Well, if somebody watches that video 10 years down the road, they could still be cracking up and not have a clue. You didn't use any names. It wasn't, you know, like I or, or if you did, that wasn't the major part of what you were getting to. And I think that's awesome
1: what i strive for (laughs) i try
0: longevity longevity and that's uh i think very important um you know you've been building your youtube channel and in february you crossed a hundred thousand views yeah did you throw yourself a party
1: uh maybe like a little quick one in my head maybe i went and got myself a kombucha a little mini party it's not that impressive to me because so many people do So much better. And I know I shouldn't compare. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. One of my videos got like most of those views. And that's how it happens. So like the view count is it's low and not like not crazy low. But I haven't been able to figure out how to like outperform myself and really grow it. But I amass the content and it works for me in a super indirect way where maybe it gets to Facebook and someone sees it and because of that hires me. To be on their movie, mm-hmm. and then I meet people on set who hire me to be on their movies. So the the YouTube works for me in a strange way, but I have not cracked that algorithm, dude. I have not. I think it's because everything's unrelated, and it could be better.
0: Well, I ask you about did you throw yourself a party? Because you got to yeah. celebrate the little wins, and and most of us don't do that. We're right. always striving and mm-hmm. never arriving, right? And my YouTube channel doesn't have a ton. I, I we were talking about it prior to coming on the air. Yeah. It's fairly new. I mean, really, I've only been paying attention to it for three months. Yeah. That's it. But, like, when I got 100 subscribers,
1: well, that's yeah. what's up,
0: yo. Dude. And, and and then when it got 200, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're moving. And, you know, and, and so you have to celebrate those little wins mm. just to keep the momentum behind you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I posted it and stuff. And, I was like,
0: and it's on your website, and right? so you were pretty proud of it. Yeah. I'm proud of you.
1: Thank you. And
0: all you should be, too. But what I think the bigger thing that I want you to take away from this is that build it yourself. You know, I, I, as you know, you guys know, if you if you follow me at all, I'm the DIY guy. The D-I-F-Y guy, actually. Do it for yourself. Yeah. And so no matter what you want to do, don't wait for somebody else to do it. You know, as Caitlin was describing, you know, like, uh, you know, trying to do all these big things. But yet... Saying, you know what? I love doing this. I love it. I love being these different characters. I love, I love, let's just put out some content. Regardless uh, of of what people think of it. And I love that the most. Because your content, mm-hmm. the plumber one was my favorite so far.
1: I went full crack.
0: Went yeah. Full crack. That was the best <laughs> one so far. Because I'm like, oh, no. Sh- no, nope. Yep. <laughs> yep. It happened. It really did.
1: Got to take risks in comedy, you know. Definitely.
0: And, and, and I love that you're doing it. Uh, I mean, on your own terms, you're doing it for yourself, but yet you still had the opportunity to be in a Super Bowl commercial, like yeah, that is no one fired
1: me yet. I can do full plumber crack and still be on TV. Sometimes. Right, right. That's why I <laughs> so want play
0: by your own rules. <laughs> it was so cool when I I'm like that is so rad. Like you're 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 playing all these characters, and then the Super Bowl commercial came out. And actually what two i think was there two or Um, just one
1: and one this year and one a couple years ago yeah
0: and and i'm like that that made it even cooler for me because i'm like yeah you can do what you want on your own time and still play sort of by the rules of the industry a little bit yeah how was that when they said yeah you're gonna be in this commercial like i mean that's one of the that's the biggest audience on the planet for any one event
1: it was like sweet But also, like, because of all the YouTube, it makes me, I feel like, almost overprepared for these kinds of things. So if it was, like, a kind of little funny, cheeky little commercial, so they wanted a bunch of takes on the line, maybe, like, throw some improv in there, and I could go all day. (laughs) (laughs) And the director was like, I'm just entertained. I've never just wanted to sit here and watch a bunch of these takes before. And uh, the crew and everyone was laughing, and so I was like, sweet. It makes you just really ready to do that kind of stuff when you work on your own so much and doing stuff like shakespeare would make learning lines on the fly a lot easier so if you go in over prepared then like it makes you be that much more relaxed
0: i i understand that i do i think um like for when i'm speaking on stage when i go in over prepared i'm very confident because yeah. I already know my stuff. Yeah. I know what's going on. Uh, but yet, there's always, whenever you do anything live, like we're doing right now, anything could happen right now, and we just have to deal with it. If the mic quit working, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, the chair broke, if, you know, whatever, we have to deal with it. And I think there's something special to that, too.
1: If there's a tornado or something,
0: I would save you. I'd do my best to keep you out of harm's way as well. I think we're in pretty good company here.
1: This is a soft padded room. <laughs>
0: sort of kind of <laughs> if we can get out of the glass i don't know we might be able to, I, we might be stuck in here figure it out dig a tunnel
1: oh hey i'm stuck with you <laughs> we
0: dig a tunnel to china <laughs> um but uh you know so improv you're doing big commercials uh, what has been according to you your biggest professional role thus far
1: Ooh, biggest professional role.
0: And this, according to you.
1: Um, yeah, it'd probably be the Super Bowl commercials, or I did, I did one for, uh, a video game called Tom Clancy's Division 2.
0: I don't know the game, but I know, uh, Tom Clancy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did a spot for, for the game, which was cool, and I had to be like a soldier with like a giant crossbow and stuff, and, uh. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that very
0: cool. Fun. And um, you, you see this, like she's segueing into everything exactly perfect. Professional. It's perfect because now we're going into your voiceover stuff. And um, I tried that. It was weird for me to see my voice over <laughs> yeah. images and not actually seeing myself. Um, how did you get into voiceover work?
1: I had been auditioning for commercials, whatever, for my agent for a while. And... Eventually, they just kind of started throwing me voiceover auditions, and I'm sure they were horrible. But after a couple of years, I started booking them. And, uh, yeah, I think just just naturally I have, like, kind of a a weirdly distinctive voice a little bit and have, like, weirdly distinctive hands a little bit. So on their own, without any prompting from me, they would send me voiceover work and hand modeling work. Really? Yeah. Yeah. cool. I had none of the skills, and then I had to go and – Develop skills and get to work
0: for the voiceover work. Did you have to take some training?
1: I did eventually. After it was after I was booking for a while, but I wanted to do more video game voice acting work, so I got training from Lex Lang, who's a uh, Neocortex and Crash Bandicoot. Oh, cool! Oh, it was my best. So yeah, everyone's but training so expensive, and you can learn so much just by like listen to a commercial and then see if you can do it, and listen to it and be like. Oh, no, mine sucks. I can do more this way. You just listen and repeat me.
0: And do you have a dream job? Like, a dream voice you would love to do?
1: Oh, a dream voice? Uh, yeah. Well, I or a be video like...
0: game or book or movie, Disney. I don't know. Like...
1: Dude, I'd love to be like Sonic the Hedgehog or something. Yeah. Right?
0: That would be fun.
1: Dude, it's just hyper and fun and in lots of movies now.
0: <laughs> that would be a lot of fun to be. Or tails.
1: I'd take any of them.
0: See, I, I'm not a gamer. I but when I was younger, mm-hmm. I did play Sonic the Hedgehog, so I actually know who you're talking about. I have <laughs> never, I have never played a first person shooter game in my life. Never. Never. Wow. I not just, Call of Duty. Never.
1: Not Fortnite. Well, Fortnite's one third third person. Um, none of them.
0: Nope. Played.
1: just because
0: it just never interested me. Like yeah. I, I played guitar here a little bit um tony hawks pro skater uh just because kids would try to challenge me they're like i'm gonna beat you at post um, after like five minutes i'm like let's go play reality i don't want to play this game yeah, let's yeah. go do reality and then there was a car racing game i used to like that's it that's the extent of my video gaming
1: have you ever tried vr
0: uh, yeah a <laughs> boxing one once oh yep. cool Yep, we uh, uh have one of those helmets at home And I thought the National Geographic stuff was the coolest. Like, I'm standing in the middle of the ocean, and I can look up, and there's a great white shark swimming over me. Or I'm in the Serengeti, and something's making noise. And behind me, there's a lion, like, chewing (laughs) on an antelope or something. Like, I thought that was super cool. Yeah. But there was a boxing game. And I'm like, "I'm, I'm in. And that was actually super fun. I could see myself almost, like, being all in. And so I don't give it a chance. So I, like, just play a little bit.
1: Right. Right, just like our gambling problem.
0: Who's gambling problem? We have a gambling oh, yeah. problem.
1: We can't start.
0: <laughs> that's true. Because if yes. I start, I,
1: it could be all over from there. Yeah, it could be just like a thrill, you know. Maybe 100%. I would get hooked.
0: Yeah, I I, I am an all in kind of person. Yeah, and so you uh, got to watch it. Definitely.
1: But you're very responsible. Then that's amazing. You have that restraint and that self awareness to know before you even go into something like maybe
0: not. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there there is a time in my life. If you read the new book coming out, where I was all in and it almost killed me. Um, but yeah, like I won't ride motorcycles.
1: That's yeah, it's probably an unnecessary risk for most people.
0: My dad loves them. Yeah, I gave it a chance for a minute, and I think I knew that if I really got into it, then that would be one more reason nobody would ever see me because I'd want to. I'd be going. I'd probably be in clubs. I'd probably be doing this that. And I'm like, You'd I'm be not across it,
1: the country back and forth.
0: Yeah. Not giving it a chance, I'm yeah. not going to give it a chance. Yeah. So um, is,
1: are you talking about your book yet?
0: We talk about it a little bit, yeah. Like it, it comes out in September, yeah. And I've been stockpiling reviews,
1: right, and right, so right.
0: to have prom- promotional stuff ready mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have been awesome, right. they have been awesome. The book was super stoked. Anybody who wants to write a book, I'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> uh, I, I knew I wanted to write this book for a while mm-hmm. since my first book in 2012, I knew I wanted to write the book. Um and in no joke, no joke. Where are we at right now? We're coming into June. In December, I made a decision that every day I'd wake up and write a thousand words. And the book—how much is
1: that? Is that like a couple pages?
0: I don't know. I just look at the word count and okay. see what it says. Um, some days 750, some days 1200, whatever I was feeling. By January, end of January, the book was done.
1: And then, did you, did you have an editor?
0: I had a friend who lives in uh, Romania, and I would send it to him and through Google Docs. He did the editing, sent it back to me, and uh, that's how we did that. Um,
1: and But why, though? So, like, because we've read a lot of the same stuff. Did you feel like there was something that was missing that you thought you could address? Or you wanted to put your own spin on it?
0: Um, people had, were asking for it. And ah. so my first book was um, geared towards 16 to 20 year olds and it had, and you could tell, you know, it's talking about setting goals to do your homework or clean your room or different things like that. And and people over the years have said, you have to write sort of an adult version of this book. I think that would do well. Yeah. And just where I'm at in my life right now, what I've uh, dealt with since then, that was the book that came out. And, and I, did
1: it flow from you seamlessly?
0: I would have three chapters going at a time. Okay. And so wherever I was at that day, that's what I would work on. And I wanted it to be I wanted the chapters to be 15, 20 minutes because our attention span in the world is so short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted each chapter to be able to stand alone or build on each other. And I think that it, I was successful in doing that. Um, and I didn't care how many what the page count was. When I was done, I was done. I didn't care. Yeah. And it worked out to be 94 pages. And I'm like, that is what it is. And so- There's a
1: lot of good nuggets. Look at all my my highlights. Oh, cause you
0: it? did get an opportunity to read it cause I wanted to get your opinion about things. Um, so um, thank you for reading the book. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a review last week and he he didn't rip it apart. But he was, he he is from the personal development space. Okay. And he was like, you know.
1: Professionally, like a. Just,
0: he's read the, the big wing, Tony Robbins of the world. This, yeah. you know, all the best. And okay. he's, he, he was very, very um, critical. And I'm like, awesome. That's okay. what I wanted. You,
1: okay, so you like. Loved that. it. And what, I like it too. It doesn't, it doesn't help unless it's honest and critical yeah.
0: yeah people keep telling you you're great you might be great and that's awesome but there's always room for improvement no matter where we're at in our lives yeah and yeah. so for him to say you know i the the biggest con- comment i've gotten so far on the book is and, and it's happened about a half dozen times and i've only sent out like 20 copies that's it and, uh is people want to know more about my life People are like, we want to see a biography about your life. And I said, well, that's not what this book is about. Mm. You know, because I give little, little, you know, stories Mm. from my life that make sense for whatever I'm trying to get over. But, um, yeah, so many people are uh, not so many. Six out of 20 are like, I want more about you and what you've had to go through. And I feel like I, I maybe one day that'll come.
1: Yeah, you were like cleverly restrained there where usually people overblow like their own biography part of it. And it, it's kind of leaves you wanting more. I feel like it, that's why it's a good reason for people to come watch the show so they can get more of the stories. Right?
0: <laughs> and and there's been two guests on the uh, the new the new show, the new studio in the new studio who have said, when can we interview you? We right. want to wanna interview you on your show. And I'm like, well, that isn't what the show is about. <laughs> and, and they're like, no, we, we want to interview you.
1: take control, host. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, maybe, yours.
0: maybe down the road. Because we did do that at the last studio. A, a gentleman who was a guest on the show came in a few months later because he wanted to interview me. And his story is incredible. Like, he <laughs> freaking... Uh, I'm trying to remember correctly, but he had a, like a skiing accident. And he was paralyzed and some like Mr. Miyagi guy came in and fixed him. And what? yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, come on, <laughs> like you're an Olympic. No, he's an Olympic snowboarder. And he had an accident. And he was paralyzed. And some dude like in Colorado Miyagi'd him back to health and he never got surgery. <laughs> and then he started a software startup in that's so cool royal oak and so he's cool. he's like some guru and i'm like that's so cool yeah that's so cool Isn't now,
1: interviewing fun though
0: i just like to get to know people and that's what yeah. you do and i see see how she shifted this because I, i've seen her at comic-con different <laughs> places like that's that's what you do interviewing
1: is the funnest
0: but see you're, you're so modest and i want to talk about you okay. um uh we talked about VO, we talked about commercials, we talked about your YouTube channel, we talked about your upbringing. What's coming? What's what's on the horizon? Like what, what's on, what do you got going?
1: Okay, so my, my new interest is in collaborating more and doing less of everything by myself. My YouTube will still probably be everything by myself, but I'd like to take the best sketches that I haven't been able to make because they're too ambitious or too big, they need too many people, it's too big a budget. Um, and then work with, I'm starting to have production people come to me and be like, hey, can I help you make stuff? Like, cool. what what do you have in, in the bag there? And um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm writing a couple of pilots and shorts and just collaborating with people, which is, which is great. Cause I can only do so much mm-hmm. by myself mm-hmm. and it shows.
0: Life. Now, do you ever talk to uh, Ian Bensman? Or Cole Seeger anymore? They both write and create content.
1: Yeah, yeah I know too. Cole
0: just said, um, and Cole Seeger is actually Bob Seeger's son. He's he writes and he writes some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I think he just said he he finished finally finished a script that he'd been working on. Oh, that's and, great! And Ian's always doing crazy crap,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't worked with Cole on anything yet, but we were buddies at the studio yeah. and he's a cool kid. Yeah. And Ian always has me like on the back burner. I think he's worked with a lot of celebrities, so like I'm way down the list now. <laughs> Ian?
0: Ian? Celebrities? He
1: used to work with me, but yeah. no. <laughs> not important enough at the moment.
0: No, he's always juggling a few different things yeah. and, and doing his thing and I, I get it. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Corey Stewart, sort of keeps me in the loop on, on some of that stuff and... Um, But, you know, having different irons in the fire, there's pros and cons to that Uh, because I think when you have a a single-minded focus, it ends up moving forward a little quicker than Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, over here, over here, over here. Um, But I I love what you do on your YouTube channel. Um, And I think that, and I love some of the photos that you post up, like you and like warrior gear and stuff like that like like that oh, yeah. that kind of stuff is cool to me oh, and yeah. i think cool to buff? anybody watching huh
1: as a history buff oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah I'm like put me in that like suit of armor mm. put me in the revolutionary war get up give me a musket like i love that stuff and i don't care that like ladies didn't get to wear any of that cool stuff back in the day i do not care yeah and no one else cares now cuz they can tell i'm just so into it that they're like do your thing. Yes. So yes. I'm like, Thank
0: you. <laughs> and and see that's a, a huge compliment to you because you're passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. And and it bleeds through and other people are like yeah yeah just go ahead <laughs> we're gonna love it I, we've never seen oh, it before yeah. but we're we're gonna we're remember gonna remember when
1: I it. hosted Comic Con I was uh, Winter Soldier yeah I was Doctor Who and I was like Thor or something like I just I play a lot of male characters you probably noticed mm-hmm. watching this stuff yeah. It's a weird niche, and <laughs> just I do.
0: But if you love it and you're passionate about it, that shows through to the audience and to people who want to support more of that.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, if there's anything I can offer your audience, it's just the power of making an idiot out of yourself and just <laughs> going for it. Like, it, that can empower people, I think, to do more of what they want to do. They might feel, I don't know, restrained or nervous about
0: yeah i think we're we're very especially in today's society we're very um uh concerned with what other people think of us regardless of what it is if it's it's getting dressed in the morning yeah. if it's what we post on our social media platform whatever um a few people are like uh, thank me for being so open and honest in my book and i didn't think anything of it <laughs> i really didn't when i wrote i was like that's the point i want to get across and yeah. this morning a friend texted me he's like i learned a bunch of stuff i never knew about you from reading the book and i thank you for being open and honest and i think more people could benefit from being open and honest of who we are because then the expectation it, it, it shifts you know you're not trying to be what somebody else wants you to be you're being who you are and that's what one of the beautiful things about you is you're exactly who you are was Even was though you play the same all these characters, thing
1: about you, though. well, I think <laughs> it's
0: it's ironic for you because you play all these characters, but you're exactly who you are.
1: Yeah, it is ironic, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. kind of weird. I thought about that a little bit, and I didn't know how to reconcile it in my brain, so I just stopped thinking about it. Uh, Wait, I don't know. It's almost like a, a to me, it feels like a, a childlike sense of play and wonder. Like children are always cowboys and Indians or whatever they do nowadays. Those dogs that are police dogs. I don't know. (laughs) Dragons, knights, like kids do all that kind of stuff. I'm just doing a slightly more grown up version of that with punchlines.
0: Right, right, right. That's a great, great way to explain it. And that's that's the truth. You know, I always say I'm about fourteen. Like that's where I stopped. I was twelve. I moved up to (laughs) fourteen and I still get to do those exciting things that I did when I was fourteen. I feel I'm better at them. Um, now uh, maybe not uh, the way some other people think but I'm like dude I I still get to be a 14 year old do what Mm -hmm. I love to do and the passion I think the passion I think that that vibration definitely affects the people around you the the audience that's watching us they they get it they they can go I want some of that and then when you find what your passion is it's just it's go for it it's it's take that risk and and be vulnerable People uh, are often uh, they don't want to be vulnerable, and I think that's right, a that's right. a uh, a huge uh, benefit to whatever you're gonna do is to be that have that vulnerability out there.
1: Right? Yeah. Especially guys can't not supposed to be as as vulnerable, and it's um yeah you get it rough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And authenticity. And tough guys. You're guy or a tough guy. Then yeah, you don't want to show the softer side.
0: I don't understand why. I I don't know. Authenticity. You're a good role
1: model in that regard. Being. Being open, being honest, being comfortable with who you are, like, it just reads confidence on all levels. You can be vulnerable a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. My mentor over the weekend, his quote was, authenticity is sexy. That's what he said. Authenticity is sexy. And I'm like, I really don't think about it like that. I just think it's an admirable trait. Authenticity. Both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I think we're really like, I covered all the things I was hoping to cover here. Is there anything we missed? Anything you'd like to cover? Anything you'd like our audience to know?
1: I wanted to ask you one thing, how to stay more on track and move forward. I don't know if it was touched upon in your book, but like people like me that are kind of irons in the fire and everything we touched on it a little bit, you said you can move forward faster if you kind of commit and focus on one thing. Do you have a trick for that?
0: Um, it's a great question, because I am the master of juggling all the plates for a long time, and then I I found that when I would focus on one thing, that thing seemed to move forward much quicker, and for me, probably like you as well, you can't just stop everything else and just focus on this one thing, so I, I created a calendar, and on Monday or if it's one day or Tuesday or two days, um, I I have that. Like Monday and Tuesday, I'm working on the clothing brand, Purple Heart. I, I'm working on that stuff. I'm either design, I'm working on posts on Facebook, I'm, I, I'm doing that. That's Monday and Tuesday. And then maybe Wednesday, I am taking that hour or two to work on a book and make sure that's the focus. Because there's other adult things we have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um but i definitely i think having a definitive schedule and sticking to that helped me a ton because Uh when i get overwhelmed i want to shut down Mm. and that's Mm um i'm a recovered alcoholic five and a half years sober but i know when i get overwhelmed i want to shut down and shut down equals possibly going to grab a vodka bottle to shut down and so once I start getting to that overwhelm point, I'm like, no, you have to be a little bit more structured and and, and lay out exactly what you wanna do each day. And even sometimes it's uh, the stuff you do for fun. Like for me, I like skating with my friends. So that's even in the schedule. You know, on Wednesdays, I'm taking two hours. I even put meditation sometimes in that schedule. It'll be like, okay, hour meditation here. Um, And I'm not totally like a micromanager. I'm not like that crazy about it. But I think the days, you know, if you want to work on um, like your solo YouTube channel, maybe that's Monday and Wednesday or it's Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then collaboration is Thursday and Friday. And when you when you chunk it out like that and as um, as certain things start uh, moving forward, you realize I'm going to put a little more effort into this because this is gaining momentum and it needs more of my attention. But a rising tide raises all ships, so as things start growing, everything starts growing. And that's where uh, I'm still working on um, going, okay, everything's growing. Wow, all the balloons are floating up at one time together, and that's where the schedule came in. Okay, i got to dedicate yeah. this much time to this, this much time to this, this much time to this, and I don't get
1: overwhelmed. Yeah, 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 and your routine helps with that and improve one area it kind of improves all areas Yeah, yeah.
0: but never discount uh, whatever keeps you mentally, physically and spiritually happy That's right. so if uh, it's easy to get out of, out of whatever your daily routine is that you might be used to for me spirituality is super important to have that time to, to me- go into meditative prayer multiple times a day is important to me mm-hmm. and sometimes that gets away from me And about a month ago, I I called a friend, and I was like, I need to get back to my spirituality, and he laid out a plan Like, make sure.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. So you you have a guru? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. his name is Dr. Miles Neal. He's been on the show. Oh, cool. Top five Buddhist guy. He's a uh, – I always get it wrong because I always say he's a psychoanalyst, but he has a scientific background on that side, and um, and Dr. – (laughs) <laughs> Doctor, I, I just call him Doc. He he is just the coolest guy and he's down to earth and he's tattooed and he's lived in India and he's done this and done that and he's written a great book uh, called The Gradual Path and um and he, he gets it. He gets that balance between real life and he lives in New York City for crying out loud, so he gets it. And uh yeah, that's that's the guy i oh, I'll have to shoot check his him. out shoot him a text and be like uh thanks doc or doc i'm having trouble with this what do you think and he'll shoot me a text back or something
1: sweet what a great resource Mm -hmm. you're so popular so lucky you know deserved
0: what do they say like attracts like and uh so as you vibrate on a certain level you attract those kinds of people to you you know and that's why we're still friends i think we have a similar drive and a similar passion to what we're doing in life even though they're not similar at all well, they sort of are. We're performing here. But, um, you know, you're appealing because of your drive and, and who you are and being being thinking a little bit outside the box and doing what you want to do, not what they were telling you to do. And I found that very appealing. Having you on the show the first time, learning a little bit about your background and what you where you came from, that was super cool. And then seeing how you've evolved over the last uh three or four years that we've known each other i'm like she's effing driven man and i gotta get her (laughs) back on the show and i love that and i know our, our viewers will love that too because whatever it is i always say if you love shoelaces be a shoelace maker man be the best shoelace maker you possibly can if you love playing guitar you may not end up being Jimi hendrix but you might start designing guitars for fender or gibson do what you love And you never know what doors will open as you move forward on this path called life. But um, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. You So inspiring. Well, you are welcome here anytime. Anytime. uh, You know, we may have to set up some kind of guest kind of thing where you're doing... multiple guests throughout the show we'd have to think about it a little bit because i oh, think yeah. that would be wonderful just for me i'm doing it purely for my ego because <laughs> i love them i love your the
1: intermission entertainment
0: oh that that might be something we have to do moving forward but um how do people if they want to watch your youtube channel get to your website all that kind of stuff
1: uh it's just caitlin burt pretty much everywhere caitlin with a c and with a an i none of that W. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, stuff. Hey. there's a joke
0: in there yeah, there's a joke somewhere in there
1: yeah. uh we'll keep it pg yeah and uh yeah i think tiktok is cyber c-a-i-b-u-r-s but just search my name and then youtube
0: around. is caitlin burt on youtube as well yeah yeah, yeah. and is um and i should have written it down caitlinburt.com yeah is your website yeah and an that overview. That is, that opens the, that's like Pandora's box. Go to CaitlinBurt.com, opens Pandora's box. You can get, I think, almost everything else from there, I think. And uh, make sure to like and subscribe her channel. Keep following it because you never know what's going to come. You never know what's going to come next. I want to thank you once again, Caitlin, for being here. Thank you so much, Caitlin. This is Caitlin Burt. I am Gerald Valley, And this is The (laughs) Drop-In. I love you